right, final hour of the show. Let's hit up the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Say hello to Aaron Miller Thiessen. Talk some softball. Aaron, what's going on? How you doing? On this? Are you cold? Is it freezing out or is it better? Oh, I haven't been out in a while. Yeah, it's a lot of snow and ice here in Tulsa. Oh. I'm ready for, for warmer weather and some softball. We'll get you up in the 918. Uh, how <laughs> tough was it in years past whenever you would have – and how challenging do you think it is for coach where you got to – sometimes they'll just go out. I'm just telling you guys right now. Sometimes they'll be like, I don't care. We're working outside. But how challenging is it? I mean, funny story, we, we've played teams in the past, Aaron, that sometimes their first opportunity to play outside because they're in the, the northeast or on the east coast might be when they actually come <laughs> to Norman or play out at the Mary Nutter Classic. How challenging with the weather sometimes has it been to get the prep in that you'd wanted as a player and that you see teams wanting? Yeah, it's tough. I think Gasso has done a really good job of setting the expectation. You know, when there's when there's a lot of time to get work done, you're there to squeeze all the juice out of that time. So I can remember battling some of this weather and having to take practice to the indoor football facility and knowing that practice was probably going to be even tougher um, because we were inside. So you're hoping even if you had to battle cold, you'd be out on the field. But uh, at this time of the year, it's it's throttled down, so you, you've got to take advantage of any time um, as a team. And you even mentioned it. I think of, like, Michelle Gascoigne, right, up at <laughs> North Northwestern. I mean, they're halfway through their season before they even touch the real dirt um, or even their home turf. So, yeah, it's, it's something to work through, but I think, nonetheless, everybody's ready for, for some ball. Yeah, we're, we're in that spot. We are now uh, eight days away from day number one. Uh, take us through your thoughts on handling the expectations of being the team that everyone wants to beat. Uh, it's nothing new. Uh, you were a part of many teams that had those same expectations. <laughs> What's that like? How do you handle that? It's um, it's hard to describe. I think that people can try to understand what that pressure is like, but it's another thing to live it and be on the inside of it. Plank, I think you probably, without being on the team yourself, you're, you're inside of that bubble and get to feel some of that just with your proximity. But um, it, it feels like the weight is on your shoulder. That target seems to just get bigger and bigger and bigger on the back of these athletes. But Coach Gasso, really the whole staff, the whole program in general, does a good job of blocking out the noise. And that, to me, is the difference between a team that has performed at this level of excellence for many, many years, and Gas has done that, um, to learn how to turn that noise off and shut out the outside noise. I think she does a really good job of vacuum sealing her program and protecting that bubble so that you focus on the task at hand and not on the outside expectations. It's a, a part of that overall mindset, right, that championship mindset, which I would imagine mm-hmm. makes it a little bit easier when you're trying to mesh transfers who come in as established players with mm-hmm. – I mean, they're, they're rock stars. You're not bringing in transfers that are, you know, role players from other teams, right, and they're finally getting their opportunity. Aaron, you're bringing in the Pac-12 freshman of the year, uh, an all-Pac-12 player. I mean, stars on their team, the Big Ten pitcher of the year – how do you handle that? How do you mesh that transfer, the, the transfers they have in Straco, and Torres, and Sanders, and Haley Lee? I mean, it's, it really takes a lot 
from those players to understand what it's all about in order to make sure that it all fits, right? It does. It does. And I think this is something that um, the staff and really softball in general has had to adapt to, and it's forced coaches to exercise new coaching muscles, was this introduction of the transfer portal, right? And this influx of, of athletes, you know, hopping over from other programs and their high-level athletes. You just mentioned, I mean, looking at Sydney Sanders and what she did in Arizona State in year one, um, 21 home runs. I mean, you're, you're mm-hmm. injecting that bat into a lineup that was already potent as all get out, right? Um, what I can imagine, and I'm, I'm only assuming from a coaching standpoint of how, how do we get these players and these new personalities um, meshed into this program fast. Well, one thing you know for sure is they, they perform at a high level. And if I know Gasso and I know this program, the common thread is the work ethic, the nose to the grindstone, that blue-collar mentality. And um, if, you, if you aren't scared to jump two feet in red hot and just get after it, you're going to be taken in with open arms in this program. And so I think that that is what Coach Gasso and, and JT and Rocha really look for in the transfer portal is not only – you know, the personality fit and the cultural fit, but will you jump in and get after it? Um, and I think that that is the, the incubator of off-season and fall ball and the, the series this this past fall was really fun to watch. I know you were all up in the mix. And so um, that's the acid test, right? Is right. What can you do in the off season? And if you if you get down into the weeds and just get after it and work hard, you're gonna fit. You're gonna fit in just fine. I I had something interesting from Coach Gasso that she said yesterday, and um, in, in in kind of just mixing it up with you about things we wanted to talk about. I didn't mention this, and there is a reason mm-hmm. because it reminds me a little bit of an Aaron Miller mindset. You uh you found some power as the career progressed, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one name that Coach Casso said has really found some power this offseason. Would it surprise you at all if I told you that Jada Coleman is looking more <laughs> like a power hitter as her career has progressed, kind of like you? Oh, my little baby Jada. <laughs> I love her to death. I was part of her recruitment coming to OU and got to host her. So my heart is just singing so loudly hearing you compare her and I. <laughs> Um, Jada, I think, is one of those athletes that just gets better and better and better and better as the seasons go by. Um, not just her skill set, but her maturity. I think her leadership, her impact on the field, more than just her bat, but her defensive presence, her presence in the dugout, um, her ability to be a vocal leader as well as a performance leader. Um, so yeah, it doesn't shock me that you're, you're talking about some added power when, when you're a player with her caliber and her opportunity, you look for ways to continue to, to expand your skill set. And so the fact that she's tapping into maybe a little bit of a different offensive strategy doesn't shock me one bit. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you, you want to just talk about someone who has taken to a position that wasn't their natural position and made it hers. I mean, Jada Coleman was a left-handed shortstop. She wanted to be a left-handed shortstop in the College World Series. And now, I i mean, we just take it for granted a lot how good she is, Aaron, defensively. She's maybe the best defensive outfielder in softball. Yeah. And make let's make no bones about this, though, Plank. She easily – you could stick her out at shortstop tomorrow and she'd show you that same athleticism. Like, that—that that is the caliber of – 
of talent that she's got. You could stick her anywhere on the field. You could stick her behind the plate and she'd crush it. That's just how athletic she is. Uh, what we saw from her, I even think just during the Women's College World Series, the, the grab over the fence, some of the leaping, diving Superman grabs um, in the pockets of the outfield. There's, you, you underestimate the value of a just, like, bursting with talent defense in the out. They're your last line, right? Uh-huh. And so I think you undervalue that until you get to postseason and you go, oh, yeah, that'll win you championships. And Jada Coleman proved how important outfield was during the Women's College World Series. And so um, I'm happy that people are giving her the recognition she deserves and the position, the recognition it deserves. It's important. Outfield gets more and more important as you get deeper into postseason. And uh, she had it on lock. Hey, have you had a chance, Aaron? And Aaron Miller joins us, a quick snapshot of what to expect when the Sooners start the softball season in eight days. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to see any of these four transfers in games you've called, Haley Lee, Sydney Sanders, Lena Torres, or Alex Straco? And I don't know, what, what, what have you kind of thought of them? Yeah, I got to see a little bit of, of Alex last year. love her demeanor in the circle. I think that she will be tested in much different ways with this program. I'm eager to see how she – um, takes the circle under new leadership with Jen Rocha and coaching her in the pen um, and with a new battery, right? Pitching to a new catcher. I think that, that there's a lot of opportunity to see her growth. Saw a little bit of Sanders at ASU last year as well. No surprise. Her bat is huge. Her presence is huge. We got to hear Coach Gasso just talk about her being an immediate impact likely this season. Um, and in general, I think just Plugging those holes, I'll never forget calling coach early early off season this year, and just you know how we do talk shop and talk about the team, stay in touch. And I asked her what what her thoughts were, and she's like, you know, Aaron, you're not going to believe this, but you thought we were good last year. I mean, we're going to be just as good, if not better, this year. And that for someone that's an alumni and is around the sport and calls the sport just saturated in softball, that's really hard for me to wrap my brain around um the fact that what we witnessed last year was record-breaking i mean literally writing history books and you've got a head coach that has her finger on the pulse saying you're going to see even better this season like that's that's mind-blowing and i think that that's attributed to those transfers that you just mentioned the incoming freshmen and the talent that is still here um, continuing to push the envelope. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to see what this team puts on the field. Hey, uh, before I let you run, Big 12, I know you're going to be calling a lot of Big 12 games um, across ESPN networks, and uh, obviously as we get towards the postseason too, I feel like there's five teams that could be playing in the postseason out of this league. Now, listen, Iowa State's going to need some players to step up for Jamie, and Obviously, Baylor at some point has got to turn this thing around. But at the very least, you have the national championship runner-up and three of the final four teams. This league, even though Oklahoma's leaving it next year, has really developed into a very solid, albeit small, league for softball. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was so proud of the Big 12 and what this conference did last postseason. Um, again, just understated, the talent very understated. I think Texas hit some rocky marks early in their season and really, really throttled down. They they caught massive momentum coming into postseason. Mm-hmm. And we almost saw a Bedlam final. 
you know, if it weren't for a couple defensive miscues, you would have seen an OU-OSU final. And so to see three teams, the last three teams standing, all coming out of the Big 12 gave me um, great pride in in the conference and, and where the sport in general is headed. I think that in the past, even in the recent past, when I competed, um, that, that wasn't a thought, right? You never would think that three Big 12 teams would be the last three teams standing. Um, and that just shows the growth of conference play, the growth of the talent across Power 5 schools, um, so I'm eager to see I'm eager to see OU and Texas take that into the SEC potentially here very soon and how that will change the landscape. Something you and I talk about all the time is, you know, SEC has kind of been a juggernaut for so long and OU and OSU now and Texas really competing at a high level in the Big 12. I I am looking forward to seeing the adjustments that OU and Texas will have to make. It's one thing to kind of dominate and perform at a high level in your landscape that you're used to, but the SEC, um, it requires a different muscle, I think, to have a knockdown, drag-out um, three-game series every weekend of conference play. That's a fatigue that you have to work through and a muscle that has to be strengthened that will probably require an adjustment from OU and Texas. And so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the growth and, and what that transition will require, but mostly I'm excited to see where our sport is headed. There's so much to look forward to on the horizon. There's so much growth, so much opportunity, and we're just getting started. You're awesome. Aaron, thanks for your time. I appreciate all the insight. I know you're busy up in the 918, but stay warm, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Blake. Take care. See ya. Aaron Miller. Aaron Miller Thiessen. Captain, national champion, two-time national champion, and of course will be part of our, I say our coverage, you know, here at the ref and at OU. She's doing great things. Um, There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on right now. So let's cleanse the palate. Uh, great stuff on softball. We'll have that up on the podcast. I'll add one thing that I truly dig is, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, Oklahoma was able to play the chip on their shoulder, right? Where they would have this incredible team and everyone in softball would still be gaga over whatever came out of the SEC and whatever UCLA or Arizona was doing. And at some point, I want to say, Coach, correct me if it was last year or maybe maybe it was last year. This team finally said, hey, we're the favorites, and we're wearing it, and we want to be considered the favorites. And it's almost like this whole mantra and this mindset took another level, and it was really cool to see. They welcome being the favorites, and I think that's really cool. All right, Tom Brady has retired officially, we think. Uh, made the announcement via social media. I'll, I'll obviously question that till the end of time. Big 12 schedule is released, but neither Oklahoma nor Texas have acknowledged it yet. Odd, right? Now, I want to make this very clear. It's not because, uh, it's not because either program didn't get things done, right? They had things ready to roll, right? Uh, something's going on. Don't know what it is. We'll continue to dig and find out. And by that, I mean, it's not like they were caught off guard. It's like, oh, my gosh, we're going to play Texas? Like they, it's like they're cobbling together work that needs to be done. Both schools are, are ready to roll, but we'll kind of see what 
Chris Del Conte and Joe C have have cooked up and where that frustration is. But the Big 12 schedule is out, and, and I, for one, kind of dig Oklahoma's schedule, understand the frustration over a trip to Provo, then a turnaround and a Friday home game against TCU. But we'll see where that disconnect is. Uh, we've learned a little bit more about maybe better understanding. Brett McMurphy's report, that's been out there for a minute, but as he said, listen, hey, I wouldn't say anything is imminent, but momentum is moving towards it. So it's like we got one of those, yeah, uh, well, actually, kind of a clarification. Someone hit me up on Twitter. The buyout doesn't reduce by year. It's it's two years of the media rights deal combined. So if you're of the opinion, hey, we'll just wait till, t- t- to be able to get out next year because that money's reduced. No. No, it's it's the same. The only way that the exit fee gets reduced is if you negotiate it. Yeah, if it's negotiated down. There, there's no demand. Well, ah, let's see. We didn't leave whenever we announced this in 21, but in 22, it's $40 million. We only go in 23 as our last year. It's fit. No, it's the same. It's $80 million. Oh, you want me to spell? Oh, anything else out of that real quick? Well, that's why if you can't negotiate the figure down, which – I don't know why you wouldn't be able to if there's only one year left on the deal, but everybody's obviously going to try and get every last penny they can. If you can't negotiate it down to me, just play the extra right. year in the Big 12. Right. I've said exactly. that all along. So that's a topic of conversation this morning. OU women's basketball gets a win last night, the celebration of T-Rob breaking the three-point record, and Bedlam tonight, 8 o'clock, free admission. Top five stories of the day next. Do you know what I like is whenever I – Whenever I get to be a guest on a show and it's just like, yeah, we'll call you. I'm on like my third guest appearance where people, I have to download an app. It's like, oh my gosh. At least when I do it with like Drew and those guys, I can just click on a site and I'm good to go. But I want to download an app. What are we doing? What do you mean you have to download an app? I have to download an app. To be a guest? I guess so. I don't know. I don't do apps, people. How is that possible? I have no clue whatsoever. Why can't you? So there's, it's. I got to download an app. I don't understand. They can't no call you or I, I'll show you. You you help. But then again, I have patience in these kind of things because if people want to spread the word about the show or oh you softball or oh you I'm all about it. Let's do it. You mean to like share the listen live link or something? Uh, you have to download the app or to do the appearance you have to download the app. Apparently I have to create a free login and then there'll be a link through something called Anchor. That I'll have to click. That you can like record the interview or something? Is it a video interview? It's just a phone interview. Maybe that makes it easier to do it over the phone. Anyway, I'm excited to do. I, what is going on here? I don't know. I know I'm taping with Drew and the guys tonight. That's an easy one. Put on my headset, ready to go. Uh, some dudes that are softball fans reached out. I'm like, absolutely. I'll do any podcast you guys want me to. I hey, love it. Hey, speaking of, we'd love but to I'm have But I'm not you downloading over. an app. Speaking of, we'd love to have you on our podcast. Do you know what I'm uh, anytime? Do you know what I am going to start doing though? I'm going to start putting it all through like a. Uh, I've got a desk calendar now, Josh. I feel very smart. I have a desk calendar, so I'll be able to write everything down. Because before it was just like, yeah, you just call me, and then all of a sudden I walk away from my wife. I'm like, one second. Of course, some of these podcast interviews aren't just like 10, 15 minute deals. You're in it for a while, so we keep it a pretty tight thirty on ours. So um, you can book that. Are you ready for the top five stories of the day? Uh, I'm not, but okay. I can't well, be in about I can, fifteen seconds. I can tell you that hour three of the Plank Show is brought to you by Mop and Roofing, locally owned and operated. Plus, they're fully insured, licensed, and bonded. Mop and Roofing is serving all of Oklahoma and has been in business for over thirty five years. Call them today at four zero five. 
703-383-4843. All right, top five stories of the daytime. Let's go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino off I-44, exit 107. Happy hour, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. Best reels in the Metro. Plenty of table games. 14 total, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat, NewcastleCasino.com. Here we go. Big story number five. Number five. It's free. It's free. Bedlam tonight. Now, I want to be very clear on a couple of things. Number one, free means free. We went last night, literally walked to the door, ticket office, not not even anyone worked. Well, That's they, awesome. they might have been by the time at another location. But walked in, security's like, ah, put your wallet in there, walked through, boom, went, sat down, enjoy the game. Had a blast. Spent like $100 on concessions because why not? It was free. But I've also been informed, Sooner Lisa has hit us up. We can confirm $2 beers tonight, too. $2 beers. Oh, really? That's We can book that? We can book that. That was a nice little surprise. Now, remember, cashless. So, yeah, make sure you have your card. And there is tax on that. So, um, I think it's like four four sixty seven for two beers. Just to kind of give you a nice. Not like I would know. I mean, I'm just in being in line behind a few people saw that. Sounds so. awesome. Sounds a little dangerous. A little dangerous. But uh, tonight, OU and Oklahoma State in Bedlam. Here was Porter Moser yesterday talking about the approach and how he feels about the way this team is playing and heading into a big matchup with Oklahoma State. And coach. Coach. And coach. What what am I doing wrong here? Am I doing something wrong? Is it muted? Uh, did I triple stamp the double stamp? Do you know what? Sometimes it does this on us, doesn't it? Where it just basically will not play for some unknown reason. And that unknown reason is unknown to me right now. Though if I unplug this, listen, it's not playing there either. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to have like a technical difficulty sound. We are experiencing some technical difficulties right now on the ref. I have no idea what has just happened. Oh, yeah, hold on. That sounds like it might have done something that actually made it work. Well, we hope to, um, and we need to, because um, they're playing really well. By, by the way, by the way, can I just, what would you come up with for technical difficulty sound effects? I, yeah, there you go. There you go. That works. All right, here you go. Well, we hope to, um, and we need to. Because um, they're playing really well. Um, like you said, their guards are a handful. Um, just with their speed, their shot-making ability. You know, Bryce Thompson with his shot-making ability. He makes shots as good as anybody in our league. Um, you know, you know the Anderson, uh, Avery Anderson, Wright, and Asbury. Just the way they're playing. Um, you know, Boone. I mean, they're, they're just playing really well. And uh, so we, we have to have a great defensive effort. Uh, much better than the second half we had there. I thought the first half we did some things um, that we wanted to, but in the second half, um, you know, really poor job and uh, and credit them because they 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 played terrific. There you go. It's a little bit on Oklahoma State, and this was pretty good too. And since we haven't talked a ton of Bedlam today, Porter was on with Toby earlier, but this is from his press conference yesterday. Porter just talked about, hey, is you know. 
you, you've used the term close. Now that you've seen what you saw on Saturday, does that change the messaging at all? Well, I think the um, I think we got a lot of things into the into the game. You know, I think we did a lot of little things in that game that kept on adding up, and that's the message. Is there's reasons why, you know, and it just it isn't just about rolling it out there. I mean, I thought we were really on top of a lot of little things in that game, and uh, that was the message. You know, we got it. We got it. The attention to detail, the little things get into the game. Um, I thought we played really hard and with passion um, through ups and downs, even through when they cut it to 11. You know, the the winning play was, you know, a winning play was Tanner's offensive rebound. They cut it to 11. It was an effort play. He, he got in there, got an offensive rebound, put back and put it to back to 13. And I don't think we look back after that. Um, but the message also moving forward is just is about um, Oklahoma State. You know what 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 they do well. What what you know they're very very good defensively, um, outstanding. I mean, really well coached uh, scheme wise. They're they got their guards can really defend. Their base can protect the rim. Um, terrific defensive team. One of the best in the country. There you go. Eight o'clock tonight. By the way, women's hoops last night. I've mentioned it a lot. I haven't talked specifically about the game, but Oklahoma goes out and and takes care of business in knocking off a. Less than stellar TCU team might be the best way to put it. Breaks a two-game losing skid for the Sooners. Final score, 101-78. to 78 Sooners led in scoring last night by Matty Williams, who at last check had 25. I needed to update my box score here. Finished with 26 points last night. Uh, I hear... Josh Helmer, I will be on the call this Sunday. Saturday, Saturday for OU in West Virginia. Very fun. You realize whenever we come back in here on Monday morning, it's Super Bowl week and game week for OU softball? That's crazy. All right. Anyway, OU and West Virginia coming up this Saturday at 2 p.m. I'll say 2 p.m. right now just to feel a little bit smart about it, though my heart is telling me 3 p.m. The update on the schedule says... 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Saturday, OU West Virginia. All right, big story number four. Number four. Signing day update. For those of you that need your Cruton news, Jane Rashada has committed Arizona State. So after the fallout at Florida over the alleged $13 million deal, whenever he spurned Miami to sign with Florida, then apparently was on the verge of inking with TCU, uh, I think he's the top-ranked 24-7 quarterback. Uh, is ending up at Arizona State, where he will be, I guess, in competition with DJ Uyunglele. So that's one of the big names overall. Boy, that's a couple of big-time gets for them. Their new head coach is an absolute rock star. I can't think of any any other way to put it. They have done a fantastic job. Is that a sneaky up-and-comer out west? Oh, yes. I I don't even know. I mean – pull off these two moves can you even say sneaky but Arizona State and being a legitimate force to win the Pac-12 that would be surprising Kenny right Kenny Dillingham is a stud he's from the Norvell tree right he's got a unique guy got a little uh got a little Mike Norvell and actually he also from that Todd Graham tree there's some interesting happenings out there I mean obviously with this being the final year we've talk so much about OU Texas, but this is the definite final year for USC and UCLA yep. in the Pac-12. 
you know, with what's happening there now at Arizona State and Deion Sanders to Colorado, obviously Oregon's Oregon and Washington's Washington, but that's kind of interesting what's happening out west. Yeah, he's a good coach. So they get Rashada, as part, and they've done a nice job in the portal. That's a big story today. But, Josh, I think most of the Ref Army listening audience is all in on Taylor Heim. Again, Parker is going to be all over this coming up at uh, noon and, and kind of what, what's next for OU recruiting. But what we know about Heim, 6'4", 190 pounds, three-star prospect. He's from UConn, played his high school ball at Bethany, was part of the 2022 Little All-City first team, uh, 79 tackles, 11 PBUs, and eight picks as a senior. And let's see, what else? 4A state title, uh, long jump state champion, was part of the 4x100, 4x200 relay teams and won state gold medals. He was also a standout on the basketball team, too. Hit him with the high. That's right. Hit him with the high. Hit him with the high. Hit him with the high. Newest member of the Sooners, Taylor Heim. So we had Steve Wiltfong on Big 12 Radio yesterday, and, and I just I kind of wanted to get a little bit of his perspective on, all right, what do you make? of Oklahoma's signing class and what they've put together despite a less-than-stellar season. Yeah, well, Brent Venables has always been an electric recruiter. He was at Clemson. He was the one that kind of spearheaded their efforts on the trail, on the defensive side of the ball. He was involved in all their top targets recruitments. And, you know, certainly when he worked at Clemson, he saw how involved Dabo Sweeney was in closing all the players on their board. And, and uh, uh, he knows how important that is from the head coach perspective. And I think his influence is all over this class. And then he's got a staff full of really good recruiters. And then Oklahoma, as you know, as well as anybody, is a very special place that has a terrific fan base and a lot of history. And, and it's a place that's had Heisman Trophy winners and won national championships recently and been in a lot of college football playoffs. And, you know, the thing that kind of blows me away about Oklahoma is you look at how they were statistically this year and they ranked 129th in total defense. Hell, Brent Venables hasn't ranked 29th very often in his career in defense, let alone 129th. So you look at this class and I think that there's guys that immediately can come in and help start to change the, uh, uh, identity that they have on defense, which is which was horrendous this past year. They go out and land one of the most electric pass rushers in the country out of Pujo, out of Bawari. I think they got a lot of versatile defensive backs, Peyton Bowen, Makari Vickers, um, uh, and, and then they go out and land one of the fastest linebackers in the country in Samuel Omoshigo, and you pair him with Lewis Carter. I think that's a terrific second-level group. I mean, the emphasis on this class uh, uh, was certainly on defense, the defensive line, and in the secondary all across the board. And then I think they landed the best high school quarterback in the country, Jackson Arnold. And I think I talked with you guys about this back in December, but one thing that I'm really interested to see how it shakes out is you know, Texas, they only recruited one quarterback. They got him, Arch Manning. That was their guy that they uh, coveted, and, and he's going to go play in Austin. And with that, they didn't recruit the best quarterback in the state in Jackson Arnold. He's now going to be on the other side of the Red River rivalry and, and he's as good as anybody, in my opinion, under center. And uh, so uh, that, that, you know, that just makes the rivalry a little more exciting for a recruiting guy like that. Yeah, like himself. I cut off there. It was some of this fun. Can I correct one thing? DJ? My goodness, people. If I'm blocking everyone that said he went to Oregon State. You're all blocked. I'm so, <laughs> Thank I, you for the correction. And, and by the way, I've been so stuck that he went to Arizona State just because he took a trip out there, and I'm going to say it more than once. 
But he went to DJ Uyunglele went to Oregon State. Drew Pine went to Arizona State. So Jaden Rashada transfers to Arizona State, where he'll compete with Drew Pine. Which, on the subject of the West is getting interesting, right? I mean, Oregon State. Well, wow, what a, what an improved program. But yes, thank you for the correction. If this were uh, part of the interruption, we'd thank you very, very much. Right. But here's what's funny to me. So we give you in-depth conversations about future of Oklahoma with insight from Brett McMurphy, right? What, what's what's going on with the schedule release and why why <laughs> don't do this to yourself? Why Stop suddenly? <laughs> why suddenly is there this clarification? And now listen, I'm not saying it's imminent. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Maybe one text message, right? Maybe two. talk about the Sooner softball team, right? Sooner softball team. Maybe two text messages. Mistake DJ Uyunglele going to Arizona State instead of Oregon State. 800 text messages. All right, Oregon State! <laughs> we went to Oregon State! What is wrong with you? They're trying to help us. Oh, my God. The, All the right, people um, are trying to help us. Big story number three. Number three. Big story number three. Let's take you back to last night. It wasn't pretty inside the uh, the fog as Kansas beats Kansas State. But afterwards, let's just say, maybe a fair way to put it, is that Jerome Tang was less than thrilled with the way that the officiating went. I didn't mind getting the technical, though. Uh, I wanted, I've been in here too many times where I feel like the crowd impacts the referees. And they're human beings, okay? And this is no knock on them because we shot more free throws than they shot. We made more free throws than they did. But... It's like when you shoot the free throws that matter. So I, I just want them to know that I wasn't, I did not feel like the calls were being even on both ends. Now, I think John gave me the text so that he wanted to let me know, bro, I will kick you out of this game if you keep acting like that. And so he got his point across, and I hope I got a little of my point. I- um, That's a, a nice diplomatic way. <laughs> he's, he's pretty diplomatic, dude. 90 78, the final. For Kansas over Kansas State. By the way, uh, Travis Travis has uh, dug a little deeper, by the way, on the $2 beer. Apparently, it's only a Tuesday thing. So, no $2 beers tonight. Apparently, Leah couldn't text me, but she could text Travis, which is a little bit of a heartbreaker. Hmm. But that's where we are. To, sorry, so sooner, Lisa, whatever source you had that told you $2 beers was on tonight, you probably need to fire that source. But it's on Tuesday nights. And it was a really cool deal, by the way. I thought that was – if you're a – and by the – I'm a little bit disappointed. But then again, in the same vein with the amount of people that were there last night, in the same vein, I was also kind of impressed, if that makes any sense. So, uh, ixnay that from the undown, Ray. Uh, it's still free admission for 8 o'clock tonight. Nix that from the rundown. Uh, was that right. Pig Latin? Yes. We're working on a new language around here on the Plank Show. So no $2 beers tonight. I apologize. All right, big story. Oh, 90-78 and then the other game in the Big 12 last night. That was a pretty good win for TCU, right? Without their two, without Mike Miles, without their big guy, they go out and they beat West Virginia 76-72. to So they stay in the hunt for the top seed. And again, the only game in the Big 12 tonight is the Bedlam matchup at 8 p.m. All right, big story number two. Two? Number two. Tom Brady retired. We're way behind, so we'll dive into that coming up next, which gets us to big story one. Number one. Number one.
one. Number one. The Big 12 schedule is out, but we have had no acknowledgement, none, not a zero zilch from Oklahoma or Texas. Why? We'll debate the theories next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Every three hours, somebody's hit by a train in the United States. Many of these incidents involve new drivers. A train. On three has a very cool Dylan Gabriel story. Andy Witchery wrote, and maybe we'll get Andy on tomorrow. But Dylan Gabriel has donated money from his NIL deals to fund youth sports uniforms and retreats with, we know about the retreats with his new teammates. Here's the quote. I think this is my little way of being able to somehow pay it forward, but also try to give the best resources to youth sports. And I feel like everyone should have access to that. That's my dream long-term. Um, I, as, as someone who went to uh, Hawaii, I saw where Jocelyn Alo had worked out where she had played. They don't have the resources, man. And I think that kind of sparks this for Dylan, too. I think where he grew up and knowing some of the uh, fields they have to play on and some of the equipment they don't have, that this is a way to really help out. So I think that is an underappreciated, under-talked-about story. Oh, it's great. It's really cool. So uh, kudos to Dylan Gabriel as he has another round of giving for youth sports. Are we on like 15 text messages to remind us that DJ Uyunglele is at Oregon State? Jeez, people. I realize the best way to respond is I'm just going to start getting things wrong. How about Sean Payton getting that deal with the Dolphins? That big time, right? That's huge. It was Bill Simmons, by the way, who had the tweet as Tom Brady retired today that I thought was really good, uh, or at least seemed to, to pinpoint what happened here with Tom Brady. His take, and, and I agree with this. If Brady was playing at 23, it was either for Miami or Sean Payton's new team. Miami recommitted to Tua last week. Payton took the Denver job. Not a coincidence, TB retired today. It's abrupt because he ran out of options. Fox has Super Bowl next week. Do you think they knew? And then you kind of have – that's just, you know, Bill's not an NFL reporter, but I tend to think in that line. Uh, but Jeff Darlington said that when he informed the Bucs that he was retiring – Brady had implied to many close to him that it was going to either be a return to Tampa or retirement, and there weren't any other options. So we shall. We Hmm. shall see. Here is what it sounded like when – oh, hold on. There's something else playing there. Okay, there we go. Here's what it sounded like when Tom Brady made it official that he was retiring from the National Football League this morning. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. 
love you all. Except for actually getting called for a fumble when you fumble the ball in the game against the Raiders. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, there, there's the latest on the Brady the retirement. He is the GOAT. Absolute best quarterback of all time, which will soon be surpassed by Patrick Mahomes. Quick break. We'll come back, put a wrap with the scheduling drama for OU. The Big 12 schedule next. All right, best theory as to why you think there's been no acknowledgement from Oklahoma or Texas. What have, what have we come away with on this? By the way, Sean Payton is going to Denver. I can't even make a joke about it anymore. My goodness. Go yes, he's, he's been uh, traded to Denver. I think Oklahoma's frustrated with the timing of how they got the schedule. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. Um, I think – I wonder if the Friday had something to do with it. Maybe. Maybe. But there's obviously, because to me. Provo Black Friday. I mean, that that combination, yes. That's pretty bad. But there's nothing to me that's more on point than what Oklahoma does social media-wise. So that was. Unusual. It's very unusual, dude. It's very unusual. I can't think of any other way to put it. You just you just hit it on the head. Absolutely out of character. Completely out of character. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're too good in that regard to have not been active in that regard. So there's clearly some animosity and frustration. Trying to drill down as to what precisely that is, well – Let's play the speculation game. There's multiple options. Multiple options, and it, Josh. And it may be Plank is all of them. In the end, it might be all of them. All right, hey, guys, we got to go. Free, free attendance. Free attendance tonight for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. That- Isn't it? That, my friend, is our Sooner Weekly update brought to us by Wade Electric, your trusted electric experts for your home or business. Um, is this the first ever free bedlam that we've had for basketball hmm. or any sport? Well, I'm sure the stats would be like, in 1935, three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that'd be my luck, right? Steelman and Thune at Noon coming up next. For Josh, I'm Plank. This is the Home of Sooner Fans.